Welcome to another episode of Two Peas on a Podcast. Counting down movies, music, TV, and pop culture. One top five at a time. And now, here are the two peas. gentlemen welcome back to another episode of two peas on a podcast one p is here gerald i never leave i'm here every week but i have to bring in a guest p aka a guest host to be the other p on the pod and tonight is exciting for me because me and this dude go way back however he's only been on the program once i i think i, I think that's right sean i think that's right sean ennis from Ink and Ash, the Velvet Drizzle, as it were. What's up, brother? Welcome back to the show. Oh man, I'm so excited to be here. It's been it's been a long time. Last time we talked about Marvel movies, I'm excited to get in here and talk about movies again. It's great stuff, man. Yeah, you know, it, it's it, you, we were talking pre-show, and it's like the show's back. And I said I got to get some of my old-time friends to come on that I just enjoy chatting with so much. Me and you are always linking up during live stream for the Cure every year. That our buddy Nick runs over there, and we have a great time doing that. And, but you've only been on the piece surprisingly one other time. You came on with my buddy Emron and you and I, and we did our, I think we just did MCU movies, right? Or we moments did, yeah. or something like that? Yep. Yeah, so I've, since then, I've got some Marvel fatigue going on. So I <laughs> haven't been as involved in the MCU as I was a couple years ago when we did that episode. But we are talking about new movies again tonight, which we often do on the show. And this is a filmmaker that, you wanted to discuss and you said you know have you done this guy's catalog yet i said no i haven't we recently did david fincher movies with my friend jonathan the film drunk but what filmmaker are we talking about tonight sean well tonight we're going to be talking about christopher nolan yeah man Chris Nolan, uh, what would you say, legendary already, or what, what, what do you think? I mean, kind of, yeah, because like the mm-hmm. guy has no clunkers, right? Like time after time, he comes out and he comes out with the uh, when he comes out with these new movies, they're rarely uh, anything but at least good, right? If not right, great. right, right. And he knows how to make a movie, like visually. I mean, like there's one movie that I don't know if it'll come up tonight. I don't want to spoil the list at the top, as you know, but. If it doesn't come up tonight, I'll mention it in post when we get to our honorables or whatever. But there's one movie of his that I really did not like. Yeah, but it's the <laughs> I'm, o- but it's I'm the only to see one. Which one it is. Yeah, there's one for me too. I, I wonder if it's the same one. Yeah, but the other ones, like you said, you can at least look at it and go, okay, you know, I enjoyed parts of it or whatever. But there's one movie where I was just not in a good place during it. <laughs> and so, yeah. well, if it's on your list, I don't know. I have to call you out on it. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> But before we get there, man, I, you know, last time you were on, you, you had, you really had the same show that you have now, but it was, the, it was story of yours and your back then. Yeah. You've, yeah, re- so- you've recently kind of rebranded. Why don't you tell people a little bit about what you do? Cause it's been a couple of years since you've been on, man. 
Yeah, so the show now is called Ink and Ash. It's a short story podcast where I uh, narrate short stories, as it were. Uh, the old show used to be called, well, it's basically the same show, but it used to be called Stories of Your and Yours, where I would uh, narrate short stories that were in the public domain. And again, still doing the same thing. And I take, um, uh, yeah, I, I do like an intro on the author and I add you know music and sound effects to the stories and I just kind of do the thing with that and and ink and ash was just kind of a better name because you know no uh, homonyms in a uh, in an audio medium are not the best for like branding purposes you know right. whenever i would try to explain right. what the name was people didn't actually didn't usually pick up on it or and you did that for a while too I you, did, you yeah. held on to that for a while yeah. i did for a couple of years and it's been uh ink and ash is actually just coming back now as we're recording this it'll be a while before this episode drops i know but i just released the first episode of season four last week after about about, uh, geez, close to an 18 month hiatus. So you and I are hiatus brothers, uh, coming mm-hmm. off, the, <laughs> coming That's off right. the break at the same time. Yeah. Always, always good to be back and, uh, hanging around with other great podcasters. Yeah. I love that, man. I love having you on. You're one of my favorite people out there in the world of podcasting. And, Ditto. you know, let me ask you, man, I, maybe I should know this, but I mean, people love hearing you read essentially and talk and you have that you know, really deep voice. And people often will say that about me too. Like, you know, you have a voice yeah. for radio and stuff like that. And so I guess us teaming up is kind of like, a, it's like a super partnership here. Yeah, it is. It's, it's the rich voice dream team, you know, <laughs> it is. <laughs> but I guess I should know this, but have you done, you do voiceover work or no? I don't. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, not really. People have told. I mean, this this is why I started the show. Like back in 2018, is like my whole life. People would tell me, you know, oh, you've got a voice for radio, kind of like people tell you. I'm sure. Right. Sure. And so that's kind of where it came from. But I never really, I haven't really done much with voiceover. I've thought about doing, getting into it, or doing like audio books and things like that. But mm-hmm. uh, I haven't haven't pursued it to this point just yet. You know, I've loved getting to know you, and you do a great thing over there. Guys, look up Ink and Ash. The information is going to be in the show notes. It'll be linked for you. You can go check Sean out on Twitter, check out his website, and uh, listen to him read to you because it is very soothing. He's kind of garnered this nickname, the Velvet Drizzle, and I think you'll find out why, probably on this episode, but you'll definitely find out why if you go over and listen to his show. And like he said, it is just returning here recently, so make sure you go check him out. Uh, Sean, Chris, sure. Christopher, Christopher Nolan. Yes. You said you wanted to do it. I said, okay, let's do it. Why Christopher Nolan, man? Because, you know, we, it's funny because on two P's, when it comes up and there's like an individual, like one person that we're focused on, it doesn't happen very often, surprisingly. I've got like 180 something episodes and I would say maybe, maybe like 15 of them are focused on one person. So it doesn't happen very often. And really with filmmakers, like I said, we just did David Fincher. But generally speaking, I think we've only covered maybe Tarantino and then Fincher and now Christopher Nolan. So when it comes up, it always really interests me to kind of hone in on one person's catalog. Why did you think it was important to kind of talk about Chris Nolan tonight? Well, I'm always interested to get someone else's perspective on uh, on another filmmaker just to see because I, I know you and I have pretty similar likes and dislikes when it comes to when it comes to movies so this will be interesting for me to see you know how we feel about this particular catalog because like I said there's no there's no clunkers in here really I mean even the ones that I don't care for I can still recognize you know their uh, uh, their um, what's the word I'm looking for merit value Ma- yes their merit their value you know I, I'm interested to see how other people how it hits other people and I have a kind of a uh, 
you know, I found Christopher Nolan, and I'll talk about this a little bit more in, in the show, but the way that I kind of came across uh, the first movie that I saw from him, you know, when he started doing Batman and things like that, it's all kind of, you know, I feel like we grew up together with mm-hmm. when I started really appreciating movies, you know, mm-hmm. the way that I do now. So I'm interested to see how uh, how he hits other people. Yeah, I could see that. You know, we'll, like I said, I, I feel like I have to talk about one that's not on my list. It's nowhere near my list, but I feel like I have to talk about that one. And kind of like how we got there, because yeah. Christopher Nolan's one of those filmmakers for me. I don't want to give away any titles right now, but he's one of those filmmakers for me that I don't know necessarily if I enjoy the stuff later as I did in the beginning. Like some filmmakers will either be like a plateau of consistency where it's like every movie I like, you know, it's an eight out of 10, every movie, yep. you know, yep. or there's a filmmaker that like, they get better with every movie and it's like you can see their craft being improved with every movie with Nolan. It's kind of weird because I'm not saying he's, I'm not saying he's declining. I'm just saying, I don't know that I'm enjoying them as much as I did early on in his career. No, that makes a lot of sense. And and I'm sure we'll talk about that as we go on here, but like his most recent stuff is not necessarily at the top of my list, you know? So, so yeah, it's, it's interesting to what his arc has been, you know, and I'm interested obviously to see Oppenheimer when that comes out too. Mm -hmm, Yeah. Um, It'll be interesting. Yeah, it will be. I guess we're tiptoeing around some of the titles, so why don't we get into it? Uh, you know, me and Sean were talking pre-recording as well that this could be a shorter episode because, in fact, let me check this out real quick. When it comes to feature films, it looks like we're looking at 16 possibilities for yeah, Christopher Nolan as a feature-length uh, That's even a higher number than I had on my list or, or that I was considering. I, had, I think I had 11. Yeah, that also includes Oppenheimer, though, which obviously we haven't seen yet. Okay. So I get so I guess really fifteen possibilities. Uh, although of those fifteen, and I'm just looking at Letterbox, there's four that between me and you I haven't even heard of. Okay, that makes sense. So must have been early, early on in his career before he kind of made a name for himself. So yeah, uh, born in 1970, you know, been doing his thing, man. He's he started at a young age, and I'm sure we'll get into some of these movies that kind of you know made him a household name, so to speak. And now he's one of the most sought after directors in Hollywood. So. Uh, would you say where does he rank for you, man? Before we get into the list for filmmakers, is he in your top five movie makers? You think? I mean, I think he's got to be just given the okay. highs. All right. Just given All right. the highs. And like, and I was thinking about this because when I was listening to the Fincher show the uh, a couple weeks ago, when you asked uh, how where Fincher ranked, you know, when you guys were mm-hmm. talking about that for you guys, and he's up there for me too. But like, just with, I mean, this top five for me, it, like I'd put it up against the top five of pretty much anybody. You know? Okay. Wow. Okay. Interesting to see. I don't know that I would rank him that highly personally, uh, even though there's two or three of his films that are probably in my like top 15 or 20 movies. Yeah. Which is weird because one person did that. So you would think I would, (laughs) you would think I would put that filmmaker high up, but well, it's funny too, because if you gave, if you gave me five other guys and you know, and you were like, you know, is no one still in your top five? Maybe I wouldn't think that. I don't know. You know, right? Exactly. Yeah, it's kind of what you're thinking at the moment, I guess. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, Christopher Nolan. I mean, you know, he's one of the best. I mean, make no mistake. You know, he uh, knows what he's doing. Let's put it that way. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, he can make a better movie than I can. I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> I don't I'll know. Give, you never know. I'll give, I'll give him that. You know. <laughs> All right, let's get it going here, Sean, Mr. Sean Ennis, the Velvet Drizzle. I'm excited to see what you bring to the table here and how many crossovers we will have. Do you want to give an over under on how many you think we'll cross over in our five? I'm thinking we got at least we got at least three, probably right. probably even four, really. Wow, <laughs> I was going to say three. Also, I'm looking at it here. I think probably three. 
Uh, but we'll see. All right. So I'm going to let you go first, man. What is your number five Christopher Nolan movie and why? So my number five is Dunkirk. And I know hey, you, yeah. crossover out of the fucking gate, brother. <laughs> wow. See, That's my five also. I was going to say that not, not everybody might appreciate this like I do, but because uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I know that was kind of polarizing when it came out, maybe not as polarizing as some, some of the other ones, but just the, uh, I, I really dig, and he plays a lot of round, uh, plays around with time a lot in his mm-hmm. movies. Yep, and I think yep. it really works in Dunkirk in a way where it, you know, it's different from uh, a lot of the other movies that he did. You know, you see characters at different times, you know, interacting with other characters at different points because they do the uh, a week out, an hour out, uh, mm-hmm. and a day out, mm-hmm. uh, the way that they have that moving. And and just the performances in this movie. I mean, he gets performances out of people. He does, yeah. It's, it, I mean, it's just incredible. You know, even even like small parts like Mark Rylance has in this movie are just, you know, poignant, right? So good. Um, yeah, and just the story itself of, you know, we think we're going to be able to get 20 or 30,000 troops out of Dunkirk and they end up being able to get th- over 300,000 out. You know, it's just a, a great story, great fodder for a movie. And the way that he pulled it off, I thought was really just brilliant. Yeah, it's just a beautiful film, too. I mean, it's yeah. just, it just looks so beautiful and it's a little bit of a detachment from Nolan's the latter part of his career, which is kind of what I was touching on earlier. This is the one kind of standout in the latter part of his career for me, because it's a little bit different than a lot of the other, you know, kind of like sci-fi mind bending stuff that he did. This is, this is more so like kind of a straightforward kind of like biopic type story, a, a war epic, if you will. And you already mentioned some of the great performances across the board. I mean, even Harry Styles kills it in this movie. Uh, you know, Kenneth Branagh's in there, you know, Tom Hardy is in there, a smaller role, Mark Rylance, you already mentioned. And, you know, this won the Oscar for things like sound mixing and the editing in this film, which also won the Academy Award for film editing, was just like outstanding the way this film was put together and the, and yeah. the, tra- the transitions from scene to scene and some of the slow-mo shots. And it's just such a beautifully made film. Uh, you know, it was shot in IMAX, which you can you can really tell the kind of effects that that no one wanted to pull off there which he's been kind of known to to work on that grandiose level he's not putting yep. out any small indie yep. stuff you know no what I mean? <laughs> yep so this really kind of i don't know i love it because it's my number five also like i mentioned i love it just because it kind of is different for him like if you look at his resume this is a, a bit of a one-off in terms of the types of movies that he typically does from a subject matter perspective but it still also kind of looks like a nolan movie yeah, and it'll be interesting to see how he follows that up because this is—I think this is the only one. Looking at the list I have here, I'm pretty sure this is the only one that he's done that's based on an actual story. I but think with, so. With Oppenheimer coming out, even you know, with with that being like a similar time uh, period, or at least not too far off of when Dunkirk happened, mm-hmm. it'll be it'll be kind of interesting to see how he follows that up. And even with um, uh, what's his name, the uh, guy who plays Opp- Oppenheimer in the. Uh, uh, in the movie, I can't. Why, why am I blanking? Yeah, who is it? Now that I'm, now that you said you're blanking, I'm blanking. Uh, who is that? <laughs> he's hold in on. Peaky Blinders. Yeah, Killian Murphy. Killian Murphy. Yes, yeah, thank yeah, you. Yeah, yeah and, and he's he was in Dunkirk in as well. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah, yeah. So I, I'm, I'm kind of fascinated to see how he follows that up. And I will say, this is one of the things that bothered me about Dunkirk. Is the thing that bothered me in most, in more of his recent movies, is the sound. Mainly, mainly <laughs> yeah, the dialogue. I know. I, I'm sure we'll get there, but but it's the dialogue, right? Because like, like when Christian Bale's the pilot, right? Like you can't hear anything that he's saying. Right. <laughs> like uh, yeah. I watched. Uh, I rewatched Dunkirk a couple of weeks ago um, in anticipation of this list, and 
just having the subtitles helps a ton. Oh, for sure, yeah. You but know? I will say this one, I don't know, I haven't seen this as it came out, in fairness, but I don't remember being as angry during this one. No, from, no, no, not at all. <laughs> not being able to hear uh, certain characters' dialogue and stuff like that. So yeah. we will probably touch on a couple movies <laughs> that sure I want will. to vent about that, but... <laughs> You know, I, th- I think Dunkirk's a beautiful film. I think it's, uh, you know, based on a true story, which is different for him. Uh, but like I said, it still has that Nolan kind of aesthetic to it. So yep, absolutely. Uh, also, my number five. So there we go. Wow. We didn't waste any time crossing no, up yeah, there. Right off the bat. Holy shit. All right. Well, <laughs> let's see how we do. You said four out of five. I said three out of five. I don't know. We'll s- <laughs> I'm glad we didn't make a side bet on that. Well, now, now I'm wondering if we're going to have them in the same order. We'll I see. know. Holy shit. Yeah, we should have done that. All right, man. What do you got at number four? Let's see. All right. Number four is Memento. Okay. I have that one, but in a different number, at least. All right. All right. At least <laughs> we're there. a little bit higher for me. <laughs> all right. Why'd you pick Memento, buddy? Honestly, the, the top four, depending on the day, could be in any order for me. The top four for me are like, it's like an all-timer top four for, mm-hmm. for any director. Mm-hmm. Memento was uh, was the first Nolan movie I saw, and I saw it, uh, and this will make me sound my age. I was working at a blockbuster video in... Uh, 2000, I believe it was, or, or 01. And I kept seeing the the cover, you know, the DVD cover on the shelf. And I was like, oh, this looks kind of interesting. I wonder what this is, Guy Pierce and Joey Pants. I wonder what's going on here. Right, and then, yeah. it, then I rented it, you know, and I was like, what is this? It just kind of blew my mind, right? Mm-hmm. And since then, I've watched it, I don't even know how many times, several times. And just the the design of the story, you know, the way it, and this is a recurring theme in his movies, right? The the way that it twists and turns and takes you so, takes you in one direction, takes you back in the other direction, and it's almost jarring at times. You know, you think you know the character's motives, you don't know the character's motives, and just the the way that this one goes with the uh, with the tattoos. You know, he has the tattoo on himself to uh, mm-hmm. to make up for not having a short term memory, and all these things. The way it, the, the way it plays out is just you know you just don't see it coming. Um, and you start at the end and go back to the beginning, you know, super unique, not based on anything, any other kind of property, I think was maybe based on a short story, actually, Uh, you know, nothing that was widely known at the time and, uh, and just, uh, just a masterpiece. Yeah, this was, uh, this is coming up later on my list. So I'll hold a little bit of commentary for it just so the episode tonight's not 10 minutes long, Yeah, but, (laughs) but, but I do agree with you. It's one of my favorites of his, and it was the movie that also introduced me to him as a filmmaker. It came out in 2000. I wasn't really super familiar with him prior to this movie, so uh, it's got to be mentioned on my list, too, and it will be. It's your number four, Memento. My number four, I venture to say, is probably on your list somewhere. I'm not as high on this movie as a lot of people are. I don't know where you fall, so let's, right. fi- let's find out. But my number four is 2010's Inception. Ooh. All right. Yeah, that is on my list. All right. So, <laughs> and like I said, I'm not as high on it as a lot, you know, like Paul and some other mutual friends of ours that just yeah. are, you know, have a love affair with this movie. I recognize it. I think it's it's a great film. Um, I It's one of those movies that hasn't, I don't know, it's hard to explain. And, I, and I'm going to go ahead and admit to anyone listening that loves this movie, which is probably a lot of people that that like Nolan. It, it's It's a weird thing when a movie doesn't grow on me. Like when I see the movie, and in this case, I saw it in 2010 in the theater, and and I know this sounds bad when I say I don't even mean it to sound the way it's about to sound, but like it's gotten worse for me with each subsequent viewing. Wow. Yeah, I know. It, it's a weird, weird thing. Like 
I still like it. Do you know what I'm saying? But yeah. I, I'm, I don't enjoy it as much as I did on the initial watch. So the rewatchability for me is a little bit lower with this movie. Uh, that's the bad news. The good news is you have, I mean, really, Marion Cotillard in this movie is freaking phenomenal. Tremendous. One of, my, one of my favorite performances of hers and just the just the tender devastation that you see in her eyes. And, yeah. you know, she just absolutely kills every scene she's in. And then, of course, Leo doing his thing. I mean, you know, Leo is prime, you know, late 90s through the mid 2000s was just the guy. Uh, some would argue he still is in a lot of circles. Yeah. And he, he was doing his thing here front and center. Uh, I love Hardy in this. I love Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Uh, a lot of great performances. And this is a – it's weird because this is in 2010. So Inception is – I don't know, man. Don't come at me, Sean. But this is like the <laughs> Nick – it's like the Nick and the Nolan timeline for me where it was like a little different after Inception. I don't know. Really? Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, 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 everybody calm down, okay? This is, <laughs> this, is, this, is, uh, this is not Nolan hate necessarily. I just am trying to be true to the episode that um, – I think I prefer films that were released prior to this one as opposed to ones that were released after. But I mean, I just had Dunkirk on my list, and well, you know, it, you know, there'll be some others that we'll talk about. But I don't know; it's just weird. I'll give I'll give you this though. I, I would say I would say that the lull comes one later than this, but mm-hmm. but you're not too far off. Okay, all right. Well, that's fair in my estimation. You know, <laughs> and I mean, I like this movie. I, it's just a weird thing, like. I don't know. I, I it's rare that I like love a movie when I see it initially, like a five star film for me. Which this was probably like a four and a half five star movie. Yeah. And if I rated it now, it'd probably be a three and a half or a four. I mean, wow. I, I like it. I just exactly, and I'm saying wow too. I mean, it's kind of weird. <laughs> like I don't know why that is, but hot uh, takes, hot takes coming yeah, out of the two piece tonight. It, it, it's just hard to explain. But you know, <laughs> I know it's a good movie. Paul probably just unsubscribed from the show. <laughs> um, but. You know, it's my number four Nolan flick. So you said it's coming up on your list. So I'll, I guess you want to wait and kind of talk a little bit about it when it comes up. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Cool. Uh, we'll, we'll pause there. Then I'll let you go to your number three. What do you got at number three, buddy? All right, man. My number three is a movie that I adore, and that is The Prestige. Man, we are. Are we going to go five? We can't go a <laughs> five out of five out of five. Not only do we cross over on this, it's my number three. <laughs> this is unreal. <laughs> All right, man. So the prestige. Talk a little bit about it, buddy, and I'll I pick mean, you back on you. It's it's just another one of those ones, right? Like you think you know where this movie is going about three or four different times between the uh, the the love interests, uh, between you know the the way that the well, I guess I should talk a little bit about what it is, right? The, the, you have these rival magicians played mm-hmm. by Christian Bale and Hugh Jackman, and again, the performances that 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 Nolan gets out of these guys and everybody is just tremendous. Uh, you know, you've got. You've got Nikola Tesla being played by David Bowie, which if there was ever any oh, better, man, so better casting, good, I mean, <laughs> how, so how great is that, you know? Yeah. And and just the way that they go about uh, this rivalry and this, you know, trying to find out how each other are doing these magic tricks and the and they're sabotaging each other and, mm-hmm. you know, all these things that they do to go about to ruin each other. And the way it ends up is just devastating. And it's just, I, I mean, I, I can't say enough great about it. I, I just love it so much. I do too, man. This is 06. It's also my number three, so we we may as well just submitted our list onto Letterbox or something. But you know, one thing I'll say about this movie that you didn't say yet, and everything you said, I agree with one hundred percent. But this movie just goes to a dark place, man. Like it this really movie does. really like descends into like 
almost tragedy. I mean, it's yeah. like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's Absolutely. just, but it's one of those, you can't look away scenarios. And, um, you know, these two guys coming up in, in the late 1800s in London and doing their thing as magicians and, you know, kind of a fictional story, but you've got these realistic characters like Edison and Tesla mixed in, you know, in the yep. mix and, yep. you know, uh, just an absolutely breathtaking Scarlett Johansson in the movie, Rebecca oh, yeah. Hall, early That's in right. her career. Yeah. Rebecca absolutely. Hall too. Oh, Rebecca Hall. My gosh. Yeah, I mean, you put dude. her in anything. Oh, I know. Yeah. You know. And uh, this was prime Nolan. I mean, this is easily one of his best, and it's a psychological film. It kind of gets in your head, and you don't know who – you know, both these guys, Jackman and Bale, like, they both are the good guy at certain points of the movie. They both are the villain at certain yeah. points of the movie. Yeah. As the viewer, Nolan is genius because you will be pulling for one of them in one act of the movie. Yep. And then the next act, you are pulling for their rival, and you don't know who you're supposed to be with. Yep. And like I said, it really descends into just a tragic twist, like, holy shit, kind of yeah. in the last act of the film. And it leaves you kind of like, where's the sequel? Like, I got to know what, <laughs> what happens to these guys here. You know what I mean? Well, and one uh, of the things that I love about it is, I mean, you mentioned rewatchability with Inception and with, and this one mm-hmm. to me just stands up tremendously to, to rewatch it because there's so many little things that, that he telegraphs along the way. Right. But that you don't see the first time around. I mean, I any great movie does that. Right. I and agree. it's, it's just, it's just so great. And this, I mean, honestly, Thinking about it right now, I don't know if I can think of a better Hugh Jackman performance than this one. Maybe maybe Logan is up there for me too, but I don't yeah, know. Um, I don't know what else is. I don't know what else I would put up there with this one. That's a good point, man. Um, you know, this could be it. I mean, Logan is definitely a good one to have in the conversation. I think of him in Prisoners as well. Oh yeah, Prisoners was good too. Yeah, um, yeah. you know, yeah, but he he did his thing here, man. Yeah, and it's one of Bale's best too. Absolutely, honestly. absolutely yeah, for, for sure. Michael Caine in there too, of course. Of course, Michael Caine has to be has to be in the movie if it's going to be a Chris Will Nolan movie. <laughs> constant uh, Nolan collaborator That's there. Right. So That's right. Yeah. Hey. So we cross up again. Uh, same number, same movie. Both of <laughs> both of our number threes, and the episode's almost over, Sean. So here we go. Uh, let's see. What do you got for your runner up, buddy? What's your number two? Well, my runner up, I think, is probably going to be your number one here, and and uh, it's going to be The Dark Knight. Well, you don't know me, man. You know, you know me. You think that's my number one? You, you might be right, but go ahead. The Dark Knight, number two. Wow. Okay. Yeah. I mean, you can't get much better than The Dark Knight. And honestly, when I made this list, I, I, I went back and forth. I don't know how many times between The Dark Knight and my number one. And what, what can you say, right? You talk about all-time performances. We brought it up a couple different times. And Heath Ledger in this mm-hmm. one yeah. is just just amazing. Um, you know, Michael Caine continuing to do his thing. You got Morgan Freeman in here doing his thing. You got Christian Bale obviously being Batman. And I, you know, I, I know that the prevailing wisdom on the uh, – on especially among our uh, – overlapping friends here is that Michael Keaton is the best Batman. Mm-hmm. I, I tend to side with the Christian Bale Batman. Oh, okay. Interesting. And, you know, and it, I, I'm probably in the minority there, but um, I just love the the darkness and kind of the, it, it's almost like he brings the darkness to Batman and he brings almost the American psycho thing to Bruce Wayne. <laughs> which, sure. Yeah. Which I really dig, you know? Yeah, that is um, cool actually. Yeah. Kind of the, the dichotomy of that character and the way that he kind of brings it out of there. So, yeah, I mean, uh, The Dark Knight, I mean, it, it's it's a perfect action movie. It's a perfect action movie. And, and you know, in addition to that, uh, a character study, you know, some people just want to watch the word the world burn. I mean, come yeah, on. Yeah, dude. You know, it's an all timer. 
Well, we'll we'll talk about it here in a second. Yeah. I I agree with you wholeheartedly. I, I don't know, man. I don't know that Nolan's done anything better. I mean, this is you know you could meet somebody at a comic book convention. You could go up to one person and they might say this, and the next person might not say it. But the point is, is that anybody you walk up to that's a fan of comics or superheroes, there's at least a chance that they're going to say this is the best superhero adaptation, absolutely, ever on film, um, absolutely. It's, it's, it's one of those things where it's like an easy argument to be had. And, uh, you know, what Nolan did with The Dark Knight is like, you know, it's it's comic book lore, but it's a crime thriller, really, is what it is. And, yeah, you know, I'll talk a little bit about it here in a second because you might have been right about where it falls <laughs> on my list. <laughs> However, before we get there, my number two you already mentioned is Memento. Yeah. All right. Now, everything you said is perfect. You know, one thing I'll say about Memento before we move on to our number ones is, you know, in 2000, it introduced me to Christopher Nolan. I didn't really know much about the guy. I, I honestly can't remember if I'd even heard of him at that point. And this movie fucking blew me away, dude. Like yeah. when I first saw it. I mean, it's one of those movies that you see it and it's, it's people say this all the time, but it sticks with you. Like you you want to see it again immediately because you're like, what the yeah. heck? What? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That was backwards. <laughs> like I need to fucking watch this now. And like, now that I know that, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and it has that r- weird rewatchability quality where it's like, you kind of learn something new every time. And we're talking 22, 23 years ago, this came yeah. out. So it, it's crazy. You know, in 94, six years before that, you know, Tarantino did Pulp Fiction, uh, Reservoir Dogs, those kind of movies where they were kind of told out of order. Um, And he had different scenes that were placed in different parts of the editing and the way the movie was shot. It was, it was the final project was kind of out of order. And this kind of, Nolan kind of took that recipe that was obviously extremely successful for Tarantino. And he said, we're just going to do it from, from front to back. We're going to go literally go in reverse, you know, and the movie's going to end with where the story begins and just such a unique, inventive and really courageous way to tell a story on the big screen. Yeah, I mean, wow. You know, I mean, just the fact that they would even do that is really crazy. You know, and I, I got to imagine the movie studio. I don't know which one it was. I apologize. But I got to imagine they're probably like, wait a second. You want to do what? <laughs> <laughs> and now looking back on it, it was obviously genius you yeah. know, and, and revolutionary. So yeah. Guy Pierce, probably my most favorite role of his probably yes in this movie i mean i love him anyway but uh absolutely this one and maybe i think i loved him in count of monte cristo too but oh i uh, love count of monte cristo yeah but he i mean he's a great actor but this one really sticks with me as one of his most impressionable on me so memento for me is my number two and if it weren't for another damn movie that we've already touched (laughs) on it probably would have been my number one but i i I couldn't help myself all right man here we go uh, you had Dunkirk, Memento, The Prestige, The Dark Knight, and what is your number one Christopher Nolan movie, buddy? Well, my number one, you, uh, the listeners have probably guessed it by now. It's Inception. Oh, I was hoping <laughs> I was hoping it wasn't. But all right, carry on. <laughs> now I get to hear why I was wrong. Okay. <laughs> I mean, you talk about an original property, right? Like sure, Inception. Yeah. If someone comes up to you with a, with the, with the premise of a dream heist, I mean, you know, you're yeah. not not like the 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 heist of your dreams, but like you're actually, you know. Trying to insert idea, like, come on, man, like that's that's an insane idea, and you just kind of want to see, like, okay, well, that's an interesting idea. How can you how can you pull it off? And then to do what he did with that, 
again, playing with time, playing with the passage of time, playing with, you know, the visuals of the, of the dream world and how you build that, the architecture yeah. and how, you know, you can build your architecture or like just that the one scene, right? The, the first scene that really kind of blew my mind was when, uh, Joseph Gordon Levitt, who also had a tremendous performance here, by the way, or no, it was, it was Leo in this one, uh, in this scene who, uh, took, uh, Ellen Page, Elliot Page into the dream world for the first time mm-hmm. and then asked, asked if she knew that we were in a dream and she was like, uh, you know, th- th- thought they were in the real world. And he says, well, how did we get here? Mm-hmm. And then you're like, oh my gosh, that's totally what happens in dreams. Like you right. don't know how you, how you got And that's, it just takes off from there. And it's just, I mean, thing after thing, after thing, idea, after idea, technique after technique is just perfect. Just brilliant. Like, and not to mention, you know, the performances again, you know, you got Leo, you got Joseph Gordon-Levy, you got Ken Watanabe, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Ellen Page, Elliot Page, who I rarely care for. <laughs> and she's, and she's really good in this I movie. I agree. This and you Juno know? for her. Yeah. Yeah, sure. absolutely. Those two is pretty much it and uh you know I, I just i can't say enough good things about inception and and really just in, in a world of copycats and ip like inception still 12 years later is completely original no one's done anything close to it since since it came out and you know not for lack of trying or not that people would wouldn't do it if they could but it's just a. I mean to me it's a it's a work of art like it's it's just brilliant it's a masterpiece well it's my number four <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> <laughs> but you're not wrong, man. I mean, it is obviously a wholly unique uh, experience. And like I said, I freaking loved it when I saw it initially. And I don't know why it's just lost its value with me. I don't know. I really don't. You never did. You know, I wish I did. I just don't. Things just hit different sometimes, you know? Uh, what do you think about the, the ending there, the top spinning? What do you think there? What's your take on that end there? I hated it the first time I saw it. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> but, but but since then, it's grown on me. It's mm-hmm. grown on me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he's he's dreaming, or what do you think? I think he's dreaming. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. yeah I, I do too. I, I mean, nobody knows. All right. But nobody knows. Too. Yeah. But I think. All he's right. Dreaming. Well, uh, we kind of went. Uh, w- did we do four out of? We did five. We did five. <laughs> five. We did fucking five <laughs> crossover. Are you serious? Oh my god. We did do five out of five crossover. Wow. Uh, my number one's the Dark Knight. I mean, you guys know it. Anybody that tuned in and saw the saw the title of the episode probably knew it. <laughs> And you guys were right. It is The Dark Knight from 2008. I've already mentioned I think it's the best adaptation from a comic book ever on on the big screen, at least. I mean, what Heath Ledger did in this movie is just unrivaled. unrivaled. I mean, easily one of the best performances on film, period, across any genre ever in the history of of movies, in my opinion. And, you know, what was interesting about... The Dark Knight 2 was that what I think is just is so awesome about this movie. It came out in 08. Here we are in 2022. And my son is nine years old. And I literally am like, this is one of maybe three movies that I'm like, I can't wait for him to see this movie. <laughs> totally. Like, I totally. feel like this is a movie that at least for the next like 50 years is going to be like just joy to yeah. a young adult or or child or adolescence eyes like yeah it's just so awesome because it's these characters that you know people in that demographic typically know and the way nolan did it it was so real world it was like this fantasy kind of like fairy tale comic book story but it like felt like it was happening in new york city you know like in real time you know what i mean like it was like a real it was a very rooted in reality um, story for this fantastical kind of deal or whatever. So yeah, 
I, I love this movie so much, man. I visit it. I revisit it uh, every year. Like I said, I'm probably going to show Logan this safely, probably maybe next year. I'll let yeah. him. I think some of the Joker stuff's a little dark. Uh, it's super dark. You and know, I it's, worry about that, but. Yeah, it, it's funny because um, I showed this to my my oldest two, um, my oldest two boys, my uh, my younger one when he was, I think he was 12 or 13. I can't remember, but like the darkness really got to him. You yeah. Know? Like, yeah. Like he was like, that was different from, you know, other superhero stuff that I've seen. I was like, yeah, man, right. it's uh, <laughs> the Joker's I mean, a bad man. dude. Yeah. yeah, it's like the Joker is just like a real guy who's just yeah. a fucking psychotic. You know yeah. what I mean? Like he's not, you know, <laughs> you know, mixed with a lizard or whatever and half yeah. reptile. I mean, yep. he's like, you know, it's just this crazy person who yeah. has access to all these weapons and stuff. And it's just, you know, it's, it's frightening. So, well, I, and I feel like when this came out, right, this was like a, I mean, this was before the MCU started, right? I, th- I think it was before Iron Man. Wasn't it 09, would you say? It, 08. So 08, came out. Yeah. yeah. So it was before Iron Man started, came out. So th- we had come off of Batman Begins, which was awesome. You know, I remember watching yeah. Batman Begins and being like, oh, man, if this guy does, if we continue to do a trilogy here and he doesn't have to do an origin story, this is going to be really good. And then uh, the marketing campaign. Remember the marketing campaign when uh, they, they built those websites, you know? and Oh, with the jo- – yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like why so serious and right, all that right, kind of right, stuff. Right, but yeah. you didn't – you never saw I – mean, I remember when they when they announced the casting for the Joker and there was a huge backlash for, for casting Heath Ledger because he would, he was kind of this, you know, almost like a, like a Harry Styles kind of guy like at that point. Right. Yeah, dude, yeah, totally. He had done like the, a night's tale and stuff like that. And this is before Heath Ledger of, uh, well, I guess had he done broke back mountain at that point? Yeah. Yeah. Maybe, I think maybe it was so. Right, Cause I guess this I was, was his like last two one years before this. Yeah. 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 But it, he wasn't seen as like, you know, you, this was no, not a guy that you would think of. For, he was known for Knight's Tale and yeah. like 10 things I hate about you. Yes, like, you exactly. Know, which exactly. I love all that stuff, but it was not like depth of character, like no. st- studies, you know? No, not, not a guy that was, that was universally, uh, uh, anticipated to be something special with the Joker. So it was, it hit hard when, when this came out, you know, and, and obviously with his death, not too long after that, I mean, it's all, it all plays into the mythology too. I mean, look, man, you know, I mean, uh, Joaquin Phoenix is a tremendous actor. He won the Academy Award for playing the Joker, you know, Jack Nicholson. I have such fond memories of him as a Joker, Mm -hmm. you know, even Cesar Romero from the old days, like, Mark Hamill's voice casting. I mean, yeah. there's a lot of great interpretations of the Joker, but I will die on the hill that Heath Ledger's portrayal was the best in you my and me opinion. Both, brother. In my opinion, and, absolutely. And I know that not everybody would say that, but <laughs> you know, it's just. I mean, he to, just to me, you know, and something I'll, I'll, special. Yeah, to me, I'll just say it. To me, it's obvious that it's the best one. I think any, any anyone who argues differently is just being contrarian. There you go. <laughs> well, that Sorry, settles Justin. that. I, I know Justin's uh, yeah, Justin, if he's listening, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, that settles that then. Uh, okay, there you go, guys. So five out of five crossover. I, you know what, I, Sean? I got <laughs> that a, first. I'm going to ask over in our Twitter chat on, during our break. I don't know if that's ever happened before. I'm going to ask my patrons. <laughs> that's crazy. I feel like we've done three, four sometimes. I don't know if I've ever done five out of five crossover. Christopher Nolan. Let's see if we cross over on honorable mentions when we come back. We're going to take a quick break, guys. We'll give a patron uh, promo here, and then when we come back, we will give our honorable mentions, and we'll give some shout-outs to the fans over online, too, and see what you guys had to say. So, everybody, sit tight. We will be right back. Hello, listeners. Did you know that there is a lot more content where this episode came from? 
As you may know, we are an independent podcast and we rely on donations in order to keep going. Over on our Patreon site, you will find several ways to stretch your dollar. I am currently producing six exclusive series that you can only get there. They include popular ones such as My First Time and 100 G-Tunes. You'll also get regular main top five episodes, just like this one, super early, often weeks in advance. For as little as $1, you can help the show continue. Just visit us over at patreon.com slash two peas on a pod, or you can check the show notes for this very episode. Now let's get back to the countdown. Welcome back, guys. As I said, pre-break, Mr. Sean Ennis is here. The Velvet Drizzle, as you know him. Yo. There he is. <laughs> the sweet, <laughs> sweet sounds of all five of my picks as we <laughs> just counted out our top five Christopher Nolan movies. I just asked over in my patron-only chat if that's ever happened on Two Peas, and I'm waiting to get some type of confirmation. Dan, who's a producer on the show, says the most he's ever heard was three. Yeah. Sean, I think we may have made history tonight, man. <laughs> five out of five crossover. I never in a million years would have thought that. I think my buddy Tony from T- uh, used to be on Take Two. I don't know if you know Tony Dubbish. No, I don't. He, uh, he's a great guy. He He's out of the game, but he used to be on Take Two. But he he came on and we did uh, – well, I can't remember what the topic was, but I want to say him and I crossed up on four out of five, I yeah. feel like. And that was early on in the show. And him and I have very similar sensibilities. And, and, and now we, here we are. And we kind of joked about that for, I guess, the last five years. And now here we are, <laughs> five out of five. Wow. Any regular listeners that listen to weekly, please let me know if this is the first time this has happened. But Mr. Sean Ennis and I crossed up on all five of our Christopher Nolan picks. I tell you what, instead of kind of boring them, why don't you just give them your top five again? Mine are the same. They're just in a different order. <laughs> <laughs> what five movies did you name again? Just wrap them up real quick. Yeah, so my, my number five was Dunkirk, number four, Memento, number three, The Prestige, number two, The Dark Knight, and number one, Inception. Wow. There you go. I'm just going to leave it at that. I'm going to leave it at that. Inception <laughs> is three higher for you than it probably should be, but that's between me and you. All right, there you go. Uh, i tell you what. Let's do some honorable mentions, man. I got four honorables that – now, what I wanted to do here, Sean, because like we said, he had a really – a kind of a smaller resume, at least when you're talking in terms of like stretching out the picks. Yeah. So I, I didn't want to put anything on here that I wouldn't rewatch tonight. So okay. I've got I've got four movies that I, I genuinely enjoy that if they were on HBO right now and my wife was like, do you want to watch this? I'd say yes. So I, those are my four honorables. What do you have on your honorable mentions, buddy? So I went ahead in in uh, the two piece tradition and rounded out my top ten, and I'll nice. I'll, I'll give nice. them to you now. I had at number six I had Batman Begins because I love Batman Begins. Uh, Same. Number, number seven I had Following. You ever seen Following? No, but that's one of the ones I that I mentioned that was on his letterbox that I haven't seen. Yeah, Following is a it's an interesting one. It's about a guy who I mean he. he Basically, just follows people, um, oh, and, wow. and kind of uh, kind of what happens with that, and obviously things get messed up, and and there's also a time aspect of things. Um, kind of a uh, in a fitting a fitting prelude to Memento and what he would go on to do later. It's in black and white, no okay. known actors in there. Really, really interesting, interesting little movie, and it's only like eighty minutes long. So okay, so that's one of the ones. Uh, that's one of the ones I saw, and I I wasn't familiar with, so I have to check it out. Yeah, it's good stuff. Number eight, I had The Dark Knight Rises. Sure. A movie that I like, but mm-hmm. I, I think it suffers, number one, it suffers from the Bane mask, which we all know. Yeah. Can't understand I anything know. Christian Bale's saying. 
Um, I think or it also Tom suffers Hardy. from, yeah, it, or sorry, yeah, Tom Hardy. Well, it also, neither, neither one of them really. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, you're right, one. you're right, exactly. <laughs> it, it, I mean, obviously, it also suffers from from being the uh, the the Dark Knight sequel. I mean, mm-hmm. I, don't, mm-hmm. I don't know how you follow that movie up, but, you know, to follow, and Bane, Bane would be like a great villain to go to, right? But then, you know, the way it plays out, eh, it's just kind of okay. Mm-hmm. Um Number nine, I had Tenet. Uh, and, oh, wow. Okay, yeah. well, don't get me going. I, I, I thought that might be the one for you. I, I enjoy well, Tenet, but I yeah. don't I, – I, I'll give you the story with Tenet, right? I saw Tenet in the theater. When it, when it first came out, I was so excited to get back into the theater right after, you know, I, I guess still in the middle of COVID. But I, <laughs> I was excited to get back out of the theater mm-hmm, and watch mm-hmm. it. And um, I got out of the theater and I was like, okay, that was a fun experience. Uh, and I'm sure if I watch it again, I will understand more, right? Mm, no. And then, and then I watched it again, and I did not understand. <laughs> Look, man, I, I, go ahead and give your number ten, and then I'm going to talk about ten. Go ahead. Number ten was Interstellar, okay. um, which I, I I don't love Interstellar. I know a lot of people love it and swear yeah, by good. it. It's good. Um, yeah, I, for, for me, it's it's good, and I haven't revisited it since the first time I've seen it because it's kind of a it's kind of a. Uh, uh, a slog for me, you know, it was it's it. super long. I mean, we talk yeah, about is. long movies, it we is. old yeah. guys, you, me and Paul, we talk about our old, our, our long movies. Yeah, it and, is. <laughs> and, and this one is way up there. Like you feel every minute of this movie. It is so long. Well, so yeah. All right. So good pick. You know, the thing with tenant, I want to touch on it. I was wondering if it was going to come up tonight. I yeah. hate tenant. <laughs> I, I, that's the only movie of his that I can actually say. I hate with a straight face. Um, <laughs> And the I don't the reason I I don't really know the reason, but I think the reason is is because kind of what I was talking about with Inception in 2010 and how it kind of started like slowly getting further and further away from my sensibilities. Yeah, it finally reached the peak of the mountain with Tenet, where yeah. I was like, dude, <laughs> what? Okay, we get it, bro. Like, what the fuck are you trying to do here? Yeah, and I don't know. It was just pretentious to me, and it was like way too confusing for no reason. Um, and I'm an idiot; I'll admit that. But Tenet was just a very like it was it was the kind of movie that makes your head hurt. Yeah, totally. And I mean, I'm speaking from my own experience, but I literally my head literally hurt while I was watching it <laughs> <laughs> because I'm trying to a figure out what is happening. I'm b trying to figure out what the people are saying. Yes. Uh, I see like it's loud as AF, you yes. know, like, yes. I, I don't know. It just wasn't an enjoyable experience for me. And I felt like it was no one going, COVID has been going on. You guys want to, I'm going to give you just a bombastic cinematic, like, you know, orgy here. And it's yeah. like, it's well-made. It's a great looking movie. It's, it's all the technical aspects are top notch. The acting is great. I just, I couldn't follow the story and it, it lost me. You know, yeah. what I mean, I, like an hour into it, I'm going, why am I still here? I don't know <laughs> who this, who is this? Who, what's this guy doing? What is he? What does Robert Pattinson want? You know, what I mean, like I didn't know what was happening and it really frustrated me. And I yeah. think and I don't know. I know that wasn't no one's intent, or at least I assume it wasn't. But to do that to the audience. But, you know, I know it's a split movie or what I just did not care for. It's the only movie of his that I that honestly I haven't liked. Yeah, honestly, I, I get that. I mean, I, like I said, I, I enjoyed the experience and I enjoyed kind of the uh, the novelty of it, like a lot of the backwards stuff and all that kind of thing. But you're right. Like, you can't understand anything anyone's saying, especially when the masks come into play, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Like, and that's a, that's a Nolan staple, right? Anytime anyone's wearing a mask, you just forget about it. You have no idea what anyone's going to be saying. So, 
Yeah. And that's, that's one of the things that's gotten more frustrating with time. Uh, I think has been his use of sound or uh, specifically yeah. as it pertains to dialogue. You just, you just can't understand a lot of things, you know, and you wonder too, it's like, it's Christopher Nolan now. So it's got that yeah. name, you know, it's like, yeah. it's like Spielberg or whoever, like they yep. could literally just do whatever the hell they want. Nobody's going to say anything to them. Yeah. <laughs> you know, if that's yeah, what they want to do, they do it, you know? Yeah. And somebody needs to say um, something. Someone, somebody say something to this guy. Yeah. Somebody in the, in the cutting room floor should be like, <laughs> Chris, I can't hear this. Like, what? What? <laughs> Who is this guy? What does he want? Uh, I should have been there, you know? Uh, yeah, um, exactly. So my four honorables, you mentioned all but one of them. My number six would have been Batman Begins. My number seven would have been a little movie called Insomnia. Yeah, see, I, I Insomnia, go, we'll go ahead and talk about it for a second. Well, I dug it. I just, Robin Williams I have a soft spot yeah. for, really. Yeah. And he's he's the bad guy in this and Al Pacino. And it's just like an acting clinic, you know? And it's, yeah. it's kind of this very bleak landscape where, you know, they can't sleep with the term of insomnia comes from. But also, like, you know, it's taking place, I think, in Alaska where it's yep. like 30 days of, like, no darkness or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it's yep. just always daylight and... You've got this killer committing these crimes in broad daylight. Um, Hillary Swank's in there, more a tyranny. Like, I don't know. I just really, I saw it in the theater. I really have fond memories of, of this. I haven't visited it in too long. Uh, revisited it, I should say. But I, I was a fan of this one. What, what about you? See, I, I, I have I have tried with insomnia. I don't know what it is. It just doesn't hit for me for whatever reason. Like I I can appreciate it, and I appreciate what he's doing with the with the light and with the lack of sleep and with the you know Al Pacino waking up in the bed but not being rested or anything like that. And um, kind of and the way the story plays out too. Love Robin Williams, obviously. But for some reason, I, and I've seen this movie three times. I've, I've tried every time. I'm like, okay, why why do I not? Why does this not hit for me? Wow. But it, it just it just continues to not hit, and I don't know why. I don't know what it and is. It's a, and it's a little bit different for Nolan too. Like yeah, it's a it is. little less Nolan than some of the other ones. Yeah, my number eight would have been The Dark Knight Rises, and my number nine would have been Interstellar. I'm a fan of that one. I don't think it's one I'm rushing to rewatch, but I did really appreciate it, and I think it has some great qualities, and it's a very beautiful movie to look at too. So. Yep. Yep. Absolutely, I'm with you on that one. So so there we go. Our top five and then some Christopher Nolan movies. Me and Sean obviously agree on a lot. Maybe just the ordering <laughs> is a little off, but that's okay. You know? you know, hopefully I haven't banished myself from being on the P's again. And, and, and no, if- you haven't. I, I got so many unsubscribes <laughs> on this episode. So many Nolan fans tuned into this and they're like, this is the last episode I'm listening to. Oh my god! If, if I come back again, we'll have to do something that's maybe with a, a wider scope, yeah, a little less controversial for me, please. Um, let's go over to Facebook, man. Let's see what the fans had to say in the old suggestion box. Sean, I open this up every week and see what they had to say, uh, guys. If you haven't joined up yet, please check the show notes and join up to the Facebook fan community because that is where I attempt to interact with my fans the most. I just said, what is your favorite Christopher Nolan movie? And I asked them to only pick one. Mm. All right. So this is the one movie that they would pick for their Christopher Nolan favorite. Uh, We already mentioned producer Dan Brennick. He says The Dark Knight. So there you go. Yep. Julio from The Contrarian says The Prestige. All right. Yeah. Yeah. We obviously agree with that. Uh Now, Christianity, patron in front of the show, he's always doing this thing where he's trying to like uh, be (laughs) clever. I don't know. He is clever. Don't take that the wrong way, Chris. But he's going to pick insomnia, isn't he? He said, if you mean directed by, then this is stupid because there's like 15 and you can't rank half of them. (laughs) We we, we played that out, didn't we? (laughs) We we talked about that at the top, Chris. Uh, He says, I mean, have you really seen Doodlebug? Which, by the way, is one of the ones that I have not seen. (laughs) I was talking about at the beginning. 
But he said his favorite is Insomnia. And I don't think he's trolling me there. I think that's a good movie. It was in my honorables. So. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, I'll give it to him. <laughs> Julio says Tenet counts as three. Interstellar <laughs> counts as five. <laughs> they are way too long. He's yeah, right. Absolutely. Let's see. My wife chimed in. Now, dude, that does that happens like one every 30 episodes. <laughs> but this is one of her favorite movies ever. And it's Memento. Love it. And, and I knew that. It's my number two, sweetheart. So hopefully we're still married when this episode airs. <laughs> Uh, I don't know why, but I responded to her with a gif of a cat riding a unicorn. I don't know what, <laughs> why. <laughs> That's not even related to anything. Uh, are you shocked by this? Paul says Inception. Wow. Well, you know, uh, I, he, like I said, he unsubscribed 20 minutes ago. <laughs> uh, D- Daniel from, uh, Hendo from the movie Journey says, Memento? What was the question? Now, where was I? Remember Sammy <laughs> Jenkins? Oh, that's right. Memento. <laughs> well done. Well done, Hendo. Uh, Lindsay, recent guest on the show. I just had her on, and we yeah. we discussed our Blumhouse movies, which was great. Thank you, Lindsay. She says they all have great qualities, but she's going to pick Memento for the craft. And I, we already talked about how revolutionary that was. I can't argue. Can't yeah. argue. David Powell, patron and friend of the show, says the best movie he's ever done is Inception, but his personal favorite one is The Prestige. Yeah. Do you think well, – uh, well, you named it number one, so I guess you do think that's the best, like the most well-made movie, Inception? I, I, yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fair. I mean, there's a lot of different things going into technical achievements and everything. Yeah. So that that's fair for sure. Uh, Drew Hallam says Interstellar. Wow, there you go. That's his number one. Yeah, and Drew's a movie guy. He knows what he's talking he is, about. Yeah. <laughs> At least he didn't gives, say gives the, it. Gives him the real feels, I guess. That's you know, it, it's a feels oh, movie. Oh man. Uh, let's see. My buddy Kevin says he just watched Interstellar for the first time. It wasn't his favorite, but he certainly liked it. Um, Jared Taylor, patron friend of the show, of course, named the Dark Knight. Yeah. And how about this guy? How about Brad? You know that dude, Brad from the Cinema Guys. You know him. I, you know I him. know. I know Brad by yeah, name. Yeah. He says Zack Snyder's Justice League. <laughs> not, what the <laughs> hell is sure this guy doing? Are we sure that's not Nick that said that? I uh, know that does sound like a Nick <laughs> comment, doesn't it? Uh, Travis Crawford says he's going to have to go with the Prestige. It's so well crafted from start to finish. I agree. Yep. Steve Einhorn says Interstellar. Marshall, oh my man, I'm so sorry. I did. I gave my diatribe on Tenant, and that was his pick. Sorry, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> Not a fan of Tenant, but Marshall is. That's his favorite. Dan Roski, top tier patron of the show, says The Dark Knight. There you go. Yeah, yep. uh, Line it up with number one with my number one there. Uh, let's see. Phil Rude says he hates to pick just one because he just watched Interstellar for his podcast, and he thinks that's it. Wow. Interesting. Yeah, he he elaborates. He says it's legitimately epic. It trips balls. Very true. <laughs> and it's one of those times where Nolan has outrageous ambition. I mean, you can't say it's not ambitious. That's for sure. Yeah, without a doubt. Uh, Amanda Inman says Inception. Then she gave me a screenshot of her full ranking. And she says that it's her ranking minus Tenant because she hasn't seen it. I said, it's okay. You don't need Tenant on there. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you, Amanda. That'll wrap up our... Feedback for this week, guys. Thank you so much for all the feedback this week. So, Sean from uh, Ink and Ash, just a dude that I just I love. I'm a big fan of yours, man. And I, I honestly wish you'd come on the show more often. I know it's been a couple of years since you came on and did MCU. So, maybe we'll have you back sooner than later. But thanks so much for being here, man. It was a blast. Dude, thanks for having me. Dude. I, I'm, I'm so excited to be back on the show. And uh, I'll, I'll come on anytime you'll have me. I appreciate that, brother. Now, why don't you just remind everybody? I know you told them at the top, but... Just tell them about the website or Twitter or wherever you want to point them so they can find you and check out your show, man. 
yeah, we've got uh, there, there's a new website up uh, called it's inkandashpod.com. You can go there to find anything I'm doing. You can find all the episodes. You can find all my guest appearances. You can find you know all the stuff. And uh, yeah, so go there, check it out. You'll see uh, all kinds of different authors that we're doing. I'm recording. Let's see, I'm recording the intro right now for an Mr. James story. Haven't done Mr. James on the on the on the show yet. All right. We got uh, just did Edgar Allan Poe. We got Bram Stoker coming out next week. Nice. Um, yeah, all kinds just, of just all in kinds time, of man. Just in exactly, time. exactly. Got to got to get the scary stories out for Halloween, you know. I love it, man. I just had an idea. You know, you could do a podcast where you just read the dialogue from Tenet so people know what the hell they're saying. <laughs> you do that. You know what? It's not a bad idea. Honestly. <laughs> and they sync it up with the movie. You know, they just mute the movie and play the uh, commentary. That'd be good. <laughs> of course, uh, in order to do that, I would have to know it. I guess I would have to get the script up, or something. Look up yeah. the script. I guess I don't know. <laughs> Um, hit Patton up at the house and see if he's got a copy of it. <laughs> That's right. Um, all right, man. You're, you're the best, and I really appreciate you coming on, buddy. It means the world to me. Thanks so much for being here. Thanks, man. You are the best. All right, brother. We will be back next week. We'll have another top five, and I want to thank everybody for tuning in this week. We'll see you next time. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys.